How are you? Welcome back. I'm so glad that you're here. I just want to take a minute and really thank you from the bottom of my heart because you are helping us help more people every time you hit that like button and leave a comment. I am so grateful for that. And I really appreciate those comments. You telling me how much these videos are helping you and the impact that they're having. That's that's what we're here to do, right? If you're new here, that's what we do. We are here at Love Coach Heidi to talk about all things overcoming codependence and toxic relationship recovery. So we're going to dive into some more dysfunctional patterns today so that you can possibly recognize yourself or your partner or somebody in your family even that you love and care about and so that you can learn how to navigate these difficult relationships so that you can have the happiness you deserve. Let's face it. If you're in a relationship with a dysfunctional person, or you are the dysfunctional person, okay, let's get even realer, more real, uh, this relationship is causing you anxiety, you know, it keeps you up at night, wondering all the time, I mean, running through your head, did I say or do the right thing, or how to get back in good graces, or are they mad at you, or what can you do, you know, confusion, a lot of us are like, should I stay in this thing, should I go, you know, not even knowing. Uh, resentment. A lot of us are really pissed off and we don't know what to do about that anger, especially if it's a relationship with somebody who's addicted and they're like two people or just plain old hurt. We're hurting. We're in pain and you can have everything else. You know, you can make the money, you can have the, the things firing on all cylinders outside. But if you have a relationship like this, causing those feelings, you'll be like, what's the point? There's got to be more to life than this. This can't be all there is. So I feel that. I understand that. And that's exactly why we're here. So if you do find something of value, please take a minute, like, and subscribe to this channel and keep coming back so that you can get the support that you need in this free resource that we offer. In addition to our many programs that we have over at lovecoachheidi.com, as well as our coaching opportunities, you can always check out how to go deeper with us over at lovecoachheidi.com. But in the meantime, enjoy these free resources that we provide for you each and every week. We are uploading new videos. So today we're going to talk about the pattern, the codependency pattern, the dysfunctional pattern of the withholder specifically. Now, what I'm talking about is a lot of people misunderstand what codependence is. So first, let's just start there. All right. When you're born into a family that's not firing on all cylinders, it's dysfunctional, it's smothering, it's sick, it's unhealthy in some way. You wake up in that family and you go, hmm, who do I need to be in order to get the love that I want or just survive? So in order to survive, to thrive, to connect, or just to cope with what's happening, you adopt a personality. I call these attachment personality patterns. And there are eight of them that I've identified. And really, it's a way to function in dysfunction. You can go over to lovecoachheidi.com and download my free book, Attachment Personality Patterns, Identifying Your Codependency Programming. And all of the patterns are outlined in that book. And I'm just going to go into deeper detail because maybe you've identified as a withholder at this point, or you are in a relationship with a withholder and you want to know how do I deal? How do I cope? So let's go through and talk about some of the things that are probably likely happening for you in this dynamic. We're going to go off the core traits, but I'm going to riff a little bit more and go a little bit deeper and talk about some more of the core fears that this person has and how they operate and who they attract in their relationships, right? Because codependent means there are two of us in this and a withholder personality is likely to attract a clinger. 
So clingers and withholders are like two peas in a pot and they do this dance of coming apart and come back together and coming apart like a Christmas tree or a conductor of a symphony of crap songs that back out, back in, back out, back in. Let me explain how and why that happens. So the first thing that you need to know about a withholder is their core fear is actually they fear rejection the most. So it's kind of like, hey, I have something to protect here. I'm going to protect myself because their theme song is love hurts. <laughs> a withholder believes that relationships are painful. How do they come to that conclusion? Well, once upon a time, they did put their trust and love in somebody that meant the world to them or somebody they relied on to care for them. And that person hurt them not just disappointed them, not just didn't give them all the love they wanted, not just didn't, you know, gave them too much love, although that can be a symptom as well, but a withholder is likely a withholder because of pain. This is a person that likely suffered abuse of some kind, emotional abuse, physical abuse, psychological, spiritual, financial, you name it they've experienced, they've equated in their mind, love is pain. So there's a protective mechanism with the withholder where they just don't want to get hurt again. So they want to keep everything kind of inside. Now, the problem with the withholder is they are actually full of feeling. A big misunderstanding about a withholder is that they're emotionless robots and they don't have any feelings at all whatsoever. And they're just like cut off. They have feelings, they deeply feel, but usually they feel in the shower alone when nobody's watching. That's when they feel safe enough to let their feelings out. If a withholder actually feels safe at all in a relationship and it gets to that point where they start to share with you, many times one of the symptoms, one of the core traits of a withholder is that they will have like, any, like a vulnerability hangover. So they'll, they'll share with you something intimate and then all of a sudden, you know, pull back and restrict. There's a binge restrict cycle element as one of the core traits also where if they do at first get together with somebody, they want to see them a lot. They want to be with them a lot. They want to share everything. And then all of a sudden there's a hangover for that. And they pull back and restrict because they, they, they feel that, uh Oh, that feeling that vulnerability hangover is really a feeling that withholder has is, uh Oh, you're going to use this against me somehow. That's the truth. Like they have feelings, they have ideas, they have thoughts, opinions about things that they want to share. But like where a pleaser doesn't, a pleaser pattern doesn't want to disappoint somebody, a withholder doesn't want you to use that information against them. Many times withholders came from um, toxic parents. There's a mother wound there where the mom was um, dysfunctional with the daughter or the son and withheld from them. And when they, when they showed emotion, it was used against them. They believe vulnerability is weakness simply because many times a withholder was told, Hey, suck it up. You know, like what's the matter with you? There's, you know, why are you crying? Why are you so upset? And they don't know how to like be in their feelings because they see that vulnerability as a sign of weakness. You know, a, a, a withholder prides themselves on being a strong person much like a controlling pattern will too. So let's go ahead and go through these core traits. I've been kind of teasing you a little bit with some of them, but we're gonna go through and make this a little more systematic. If you wanna grab a notebook, if you printed down your attachment personality book from the website, lovecoachheidi.com, you can just take your notes inside of this book. If you happen to be in our life school, 
love yourself free or love yourself first empowerment school, you know that we go through these patterns in detail. You pick out your own pattern, you understand your own and what we call insane cycle, which is your behavior around your pattern. And if you want to join that program, you can do that at any time. You can go over to lovecoachheidi.com and learn about it. You can even schedule a complimentary consultation if you have questions about it. All right. So number one, we already kind of touched on a little bit. Feelings of vulnerability are difficult for the withholder. Now, here's the thing. Because feelings of vulnerability are difficult for a withholder, like we shared, who do you think they're going to be attracted to? Well, initially, they're going to be attracted to a clinger personality because a clinger personality is going to be more likely to overshare, overshare their feelings, overshare their thoughts. Now, first, that's going to be super attractive to a withholder because they're like, oh, thank God, I don't have to be the one. They can share everything. They can talk. But here's what will happen. As soon as it'll start to be like overwhelmed, they'll start to either, the clinger will say, well, hey, what you never share with me how you're feeling. And then the withholder's like, oh shit, I don't want to have to share with you. That's why I picked you because you did all the talking and all the sharing. Or they start to feel smothered. Like another fear of a withholder is being like overtaken by somebody. Like you're going to come in and just overtake me and smother me. And so they, they need space. A withholder genuinely needs space. Now, this isn't just a bad thing. Sometimes when a withholder is like healthier and we always kind of still have a little bit of this pattern running. I know for me as a former withholder, for example, I, you know, I choose people in my life that talk a lot, you know, that share a lot because I'm more of a quiet kind of an individual. But if I do have a time where I am sharing a ton and I'm talking and I'm sharing with this person, I sometimes, if I have this big intimacy, intimate moment, will need to then retreat back to my back cave or to my <laughs> den where I can just like, kind of like, oh, be alone for a while. Withholders do need to be alone. The worst thing in the world you can do with a withholder if you're in a relationship with them is to say to them, oh, come on, like force them to share or shame them for not sharing or make them feel bad about needing their space or follow them from room to room where a lot of times people like, have heard half-cocked advice where like, oh, if she goes away, she wants you to follow her. No, a withholder does not want you to follow her. She wants to actually be left the hell alone so she can like think and put things back together and then come back out of her cave when she's ready to go. Now, you might be thinking, well, that doesn't work for me. I'm a clinger and I fear abandonment. So when the withholder withholds, it triggers up the clinger and the clinger's like, oh shit, where are they going? They're never coming back. Now withholders coming back, they're going to go away for five minutes, an hour, whatever, unless they're toxic and then they go MIA for days. That's not a withholder. That is a controlling person that's using tactics in order to manipulate you. Okay. Uh, a withholder needs the space. And the best thing a clinger can do is like talk with a withholder about it and say, Hey, when you need your space, the story I'm making up is that, you know, you're abandoning me. And then the withholder can say, honey, I'm not abandoning you. I just need my space. I will be back. I am coming back. I'm going to go think. I'll return. And the withholder, the worst thing you could do with a clinger is just turn around and walk away and don't say anything because that triggers up every possible feeling inside the clinger and all their fears are exposed. Okay. 
The other thing that we need to understand is the only way a relationship really works is awareness. This is why I do these videos. I want you to be able to see yourself so that you know, hey, if I'm a withholder, this is likely how I'm showing up in this dynamic and I need to take responsibility for that. So if you are the withholder, you need to say to somebody that you love, especially, hey, I tend to when I share, tend to need private time and space so that I can regroup. I need my alone time. It's not you. It literally is that old, like, hey, it's not you, it's me. It's true in this case. It's not you, it's me. I need my space. I need my time away. I am coming back. I'm not leaving permanently. You have to articulate this. Otherwise, you're just triggering people's neuroses and they're like, they're neurotic. They're like, whoa, where are you going? What are you doing? Don't leave me. And that for withholders, like, Jesus, no, you know, it's like, ooh, try to get away. So the other thing that you need to know if you're in a relationship with a withholder and you are a very emotive person is that a withholder sometimes when they're not healthy will be turned off by your sharing. They'll be like, don't you hold anything back? Do you have to tell me everything you're feeling and thinking all the time? They might find your vulnerability unattractive. A withholder will get really tied up in this masculine feminine energy conversation, especially if they're a woman and they're in a relationship with a man that is that masculine energy. And I know there are many dynamics. I don't, they don't need to be tied to gender, but it's easier for us to like do it in this dynamic sometimes without getting into a more, um, a diverse conversation, but please understand, I work with everybody, okay? So I understand all types of dynamics, but just to simplify it, if a, if a woman, if a feminine energy person is in a relationship and, and, and they're actually masculine energy, which is a withholding pattern, okay? Withholding is not feminine energy, it's masculine energy. And they're with a masculine energy person who's healthy, who shares, it's not that feminine. I know this is a little confusing, but I'll do another video on it. They'll be turned off and say, why don't you just man up? What's the matter with you? Why are you sharing all your feelings all the time? Well, a, a healthy masculine energy person does live in the middle between these two energies and is able to share, but a withholder is turned off by people's sensitivity. That's a big red flag. If you don't know if you're a withholder, are you turned off by people's sensitivity? Do you get, ugh? suck it up, man, grow up, grab a pair, grab your balls, dude. You know, and it's like annoying to you. are like, man up, you know? Okay. Well, that's a sign that they probably don't, you need to like come a little more to the middle. Okay. And share a little bit more. All right. <laughs> Number two, we already touched on this a little bit in the introduction, this distancing techniques where if they have the intimacy hangover withholder, is if they're actually initially in a relationship, this is where the pull away happens, where, you know, John Gray made a million bucks from like Mars and Venus videos where he talked about, you know, if a man pulls away, he's like a rubber band, let him but just pull away and he'll snap back. Well, if they're healthy, that's, that's okay advice. But if they're not healthy, that's like, just let me teach you how to get involved with a red flag. A withholder that pulls away and doesn't articulate what they're doing, doesn't say what's going on with them, doesn't communicate with you, is not a healthy human being. If they just go MIA, that's an asshole, all right? That's a person that's unhealthy, they don't know how to communicate, that's a big red flag to you, get out of there and move on and find somebody who can communicate. 
a healthier withholder will say, hey, I'm feeling really nervous about this relationship. I'm not going anywhere, but I just need like a day to myself. We spend every day together. I just need a day to myself to be with on my own head and be with my friends. It's not about you or just be alone. Okay. So they might create some distance, especially if they feel a lot of overwhelm initially right up front. There's a big family vacation with a withholder. And then like, if they are healthy, they will need to go like de like de-stress from that family, everybody in their space um, after that event as well. So just, just really important for you to know that if, if there's a healthy way to pull away, or needs space, and there's an unhealthy asshole way to just go ghost, all right? And that's really not what I'm talking about. If somebody's ghosting you and you don't know where they are, where they went, or if they're coming back, that is not the one for you, all right? Just FYI. Core trait number three, this is a big secret that I'm going to share with you that a lot of people don't talk about. I listed it, I wrote it in my book that you can download at lovecoachheidi.com. <laughs> okay, I made it in the book to say withholders have poor boundaries around sex. And what I mean by that is a lot of the times a withholder, because they fear that intimacy will settle for sex when what they want is a deeper connection. Sex sometimes is like a parody of intimacy for a withholder. So it's easier for them if they're not in the mood to have sex, which hello, if you're a breathing human being, there are times when you're not even the horniest of people, okay, don't want to have sex all the time, where they won't be able to communicate it because, again, they don't want to, like, expose themselves or look like a little bit of perfectionism can even come out pattern where they don't want to look like they're not up for it all the time or something's wrong with them, that they're not interested. So they'll just give in and have sex versus actually have that deeper, intimate conversation about their needs and their sexuality and really, like, spilling the beans about what they prefer, what they like, what matters to them. So they'll... but. When we get into the core trait four, which is they have poor communication skills, withholders communicate poorly, their needs and feelings. See, that for them is really hard to do. So they expect mind reading more. Like like sexually, for example, they they might um, they they might even a withholder withholds, not just from you, but from themselves too. A withholder might even withhold sexual pleasure from themselves. And not even realize it. Like when they're intimate in a relationship and somebody has an orgasm before they do, like the withhold and the partner goes, Hey, your turn. They would be like, I'm fine, I'm all right. You know, just go for yours. Like they they withhold from themselves even pleasure. They don't go into, they don't know how to articulate to their partner, hey, I like it when you set up the room this way. I like the lights to be like this. I like the music this way. I like this and that. That feels too scary sometimes for a withholder because maybe A, they don't even know about what their own body is capable of or what they like, but to expose themselves and ask and be vulnerable and be like, oh, I want this in the bedroom is like the kiss of death. So they'll just lay there and just like do whatever you want to do. They have poor boundaries around it. Even if it's not enjoyable, even if it's not fun for them, even if they're not having a good time, they'll just be like, that's just the way it is. It's okay. They'd rather accept bad sex than articulate how to have good sex. I mean, that's, I know that seems crazy, but that's, that's, I know this video is super helpful for so many of you. I also am putting this video, putting this video in our life school, uh, continuing library and our membership so that you can go back to this video and just click right there when the section of the attachment personality pattern so you can have it because this is gold here, guys. I'm giving you gold. 
This is gold. If you can now, like people say, well, Heidi, you give away too much information. You share too much. Why do you do that? Well, people really don't pay for information. Just so you know, you know, in my programs, it's not about the information. It's about the application. It's about the perspiration. It is about the implementation. It's about me helping you make this stuff real in your own life so that you can apply it and have the life that you want. You know, you could be going, man, she's singing my song. Oh my God, she's got my number. Awareness is awesome, but it's only the first step. You know, we've got to move into action after that and really find a way to take control of our lives and get over this pattern. You know, Love Coach Heidi, our company is all about breaking cycles for good. You know, we don't want you to learn this pattern from somewhere, right? We want to end this cycle so that you don't produce withholders. You know, you don't carry this forward and on your, maybe you're like, I already did. Well, guess what? If your children are grown and they're a withholder too, you can talk to them for their children. You know, you can interrupt a generation at any time in your life. All right. So the other thing I want you to know that most people don't talk about, this is the secret. Withholders do have a habit of doing thing, doing something, and it's fantasizing about other people. Now, this can worry a withholder if they're like, yeah, I, I meet somebody or I see somebody and I'll go to like full on, full tilt bookie. We're, we're doing the dang thing. And they'll have like these, these, these even affair scenarios or, or thoughts of like, yeah, what would it be like with this person? And they can get fantasy, like obsessed about a person, even kind of like a clinger might, you know, get obsessed. They do that too. But the reason that a withholder does that, they never act on it. Withholders are not going to act on that. Okay. A healthy withholder is definitely not going to act on that. The reason that a withholder does that is because it's safer for them to fantasize about having really great sex with a stranger that they can imagine is amazing. Instead of telling their partner of 20 years, I don't like what we're doing in bed and we need to fix it. That requires more effort on the withholders part where I'm giving you wisdom, truth. I am singing the truth from the roofs. People, amen. Okay. I get excited because when the flow happens and the truth just starts spitting, I know that it's hitting you. Do so you thinking, oh my God, so it doesn't mean my relationship's over if I'm fantasizing about other people? No, but it does mean it's a huge signal to you that it's misplaced energy because you can take the fantasy that you're having and make it real within your marriage if you're willing to open up and be vulnerable enough to share your needs. Now in life school, that's what we do. I know I'm giving another plug. How dare I actually try to sell you something when I'm giving you a free video? Well, <laughs> it's a free video. You can expect that I'm going to invite you into my programs. Okay. That's how mommy pays the bills. That's how mommy feeds the babes. That's how mommy, you know, takes care of all this. All right. So I want you to join the program, not just because of that, but because that's where you actually change. That's where you actually do the work. All right. So you can learn how to open up and have those conversations. All right. Again, core trait four is poor communication. So we just touched on that. Now, another thing, core trait number five is that, is that withholders have a binge restrict cycle. So again, you can notice that you're a withholder. If you see this either literally or metaphorically in your life, some of you have eating problems. 
you know, where some of us like withhold, restrict from ourselves, we restrict, don't eat, you know, button up, follow a diet program. And then all of a sudden we're eating like sleeves of Oreos and chips and all kinds of things, or we um, don't show our feelings, button up, are really under wraps and withholding, and then we drink too much. And when you drink too much, you feel like that's the only time you have the truth stamp. I know that was true for me. I was like a perfectionist, a controller, and a withholder. Oh my God, recipe to never let my hair down and be vulnerable, right? So the only way I would allow myself to do that was through alcohol. So I would binge drink and then I would get so drunk, I'd forget my own name and wake up next to a stranger and look for my shoes. It was terrifying. I'd wake up with shame. I couldn't even remember what I did, but I was already embarrassed and shameful about it because I was like, it can't be good. That's, that's trauma. I was traumatizing myself rather than do the work to get out of this pattern and recognize it. I was traumatizing myself over and over again. It was like a trauma bond. I just wanted to keep feeling in pain. And my belief was relationships are painful. People hurt you. And what I would do is I would drink and take it, do, act out and be crazy. And then they would, they would do their reaction and I would go see, you know, so it's a vicious cycle. It's a vicious circle, you know, where this uh, came from again, is that initial pain. So if you're bonded to this trauma, this pattern that is created, you will continually seek out people that create pain in your life. You know, withholders primarily seek out clingers. This relationship is a recipe for disaster. This is breakup and makeup city, man. This is breakup, makeup, breakup, makeup. If it, breakup, makeup, breakup, makeup, breakup, makeup. Okay. Come out from each other, come back together, come out from each other, come back together. The withholder withholds the clinger chases the clinger gets the shits of that and goes okay i need a new person to because they're finally i see the light so they pull away then they go wait a minute you're rejecting me nope i don't think so pull them back into the middle they're back together again then the clinger the withholder starts to be like oh share your feelings no i don't want to share my feelings you're smothering me you don't love me uh ah wait a minute. No, don't leave me. Chase, chase, chase. Oh, get away from me. Oh, I don't like it. Fine. I'm going to go find somebody else. Wait, you're rejecting me. What are you doing? Ah, you know, we're going to do that dance for the rest of our lives. I know I did it for 10 years. Huh? Can I get an amen? Okay. Maybe you do too. Now look, do you want to take control of this? Do you want to move on from this pattern? Do you want to have the happiness you deserve? I know it's scary as hell. It is very scary to think about actually working on this stuff. Most people just want to go, can't you just fix the clinger? <laughs> can't you just fix the other people that are the problem in my relationships? Well, is the grass really greener or are you the grass? You're the grass. <laughs> Made me think about like being on and playground, your ass is grass. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> so stupid. Anyway, yeah, I mean, you're the grass, okay? So you're you're taking your grass wherever you go to the next relationship, and this is why we keep attracting that same relationship or playing with that same clinger over and over and over again. So what's the way out? You know it. You know what it is, right? It's join my program. It's go over to lovecoachheidi.com and sign up for life school. Love yourself free. Whoa. And first empowerment school where you can take charge of your life, charge of your pattern and break the cycle for good. Hashtag cycle breaker. Okay. You, I mean, if you're watching this video years from now, which is what happens in the YouTubes. Okay. If you're watching this video years from now, you are just like, holy shit, flashback city. 
okay? You're like, what is a hashtag? What is it? What is this? What is this? I mean, I, I feel you. Right now, where we're at in our lives, that means you get to be a part of a movement that we are creating around breaking this cycle for good and having the love you truly deserve, where you get to find yourself, number one, because underneath this pattern is your real self. It's the person you were born to be before the world, your nature, before your nurture got a hold of you, the, before the world fucked it up, okay, who you were called to be. You find yourself, then you free yourself from these patterns, and then you get to be yourself. You get to figure out who you really are, and you cannot find true love unless you are loved for your true you. So we want to figure out who that is. All right. Join me over in the program. I love you so much. Make sure you subscribe, like the video, leave a comment. It helps us help more people. And until the next time, be well. I love you so much and I will see you soon. Bye.